answer to the question, do it fart, is yes. Start your sublight engines. It's time for RuPalp's Pod Race, a queer Star Wars podcast. But wait, that's not all. We would like to formally welcome you to the first episode of RuPalp's Romance Smackdown, a special episode in which your esteemed hosts advocate for the best pairing for Star Wars' most eligible bachelor. In this episode, we will be picking the best pairing, the perfect paramour, for the Mandalorian himself, Din Djarin. My name is Ollie. I use any pronouns. You can find me at Ollie Fresh. That's Fresh the PH on social media. And I will be your host this evening, our first contestant. Coming in with 1,324 fanfictions on AO3 is Noah representing Din Cobb. Why don't you introduce yourself, Noah? Wow. This has really been incredible from start to finish. Um, so I'm Noah. My pronouns are he, him. And you can find me on social media pretty much everywhere at the Jewish Jedi. And yes, today we'll be talking about uh, Din Djarin and in my opinion, his most, like the absolute best lover for him, Cobb Vanth. Um, I meant to like introduce his canon appearances and stuff. Yes. Um, just like, just say a little bit about like who he is, what piece of media he's from. And gotcha. that's pretty much just, just context for anyone who hasn't watched The Mandalorian, I guess. So Cobb Vanth is most known for his appearances in The Mandalorian and in The Book of Boba Fett. And basically, who is this gentleman? He is a cowboy on Tatooine who was randomly abandoned in the middle of the desert after running away from his town being overtaken, but returns triumphantly in true old Western fashion with a hot set of armor that's not his and (laughs) retakes his town. And becomes, like, the marshal, basically. And at some point, Din runs along and is like, who is this gay-ass cowboy who's wearing Mandalorian armor? And they share a drink together. And that's that's gay. Um, and then in the Book of Boba Fett, what do they do? They share another drink together. Um, and Cobb's currently in canon as sort of a Sleeping Beauty type inside of a pod. But I'm hoping we'll see more of him soon. <laughs> Thank you so much. We're so excited to have you here today. Our second contestant, with 910 fix on AO3, is Jess, representing Boba Din. Tell us a little about yourself, Jess, and a little about Boba Fett. Oh my god, okay. So yeah, hi, I'm Jess. <laughs> my pronouns are they, them. You can find me on social media at Kawaii Jessio. If y'all don't know who Boba Fett is, I don't know what rock you've been sleeping under. <laughs> because Boba Fett... Um, has been around longer than Din Djarin, so if you don't know who Boba Fett is, that's kind of wild. Uh, but I... There's just something about the moment when um Boba and, and Din first started, or kind of met. For one, you know, it was kind of almost enemies to lovers us. Not really. Boba was like, hey, you got my armor. I want it back. <laughs> and Din was like, are you a Mandalorian? <laughs> Like he always is. Um, but then, you know, they, they really became friends when Boba was like, uh, thanks for my armor back. I'll help you recover your child. And, you know, if you watch the book of Boba Fett, they had a, a funky little moment too where, you know, they're they're being attacked by the other motherfuckers who don't respect Boba. And Boba kind of was like telling Dan that he could like leave, you know, they don't have to like, he doesn't have to help Bobo with the problems that he's dealing with, but Din's just like, nah, I'm gonna <laughs> go down with you like true homies do. And, you know, 
they had a funky little gay moment too where when they're fighting they're kind of like back to back taking on all the the bad guys and i was like yeah that's that's pretty fruity that's pretty gay and and yeah that's it (laughs) perfect thank you so much it's always nice to hear from you our third contestant with a whopping two fix on AO3 is Mel representing Axe Wove slash Din. What's going on, Mel? What's up with that? What's good? Um, welcome to Ain or perhaps uh Dicks, but there's an E at the end, is D-I-X-E. I-, I think that I'm an underdog, I'm the dark horse candidate. Um, and I think that the girls aren't ready for, for Axwell slash Dinjarin, so you bitches better be ready. Oh, uh, yeah, I also should probably introduce myself and say anything about Axwell's. I basically said anything you need to know about Axwell's. As we all know, he has maybe tops 30 seconds on camera in The Mandalorian, maybe like two lines. Who is Axwell, you might ask? He's a Mandalorian who hangs around with Bo-Katan. And he got lost in the bathroom, I guess, because he wasn't there at the finale. Um, so yeah, that's that that's Axe Wolves. He's a guy. <laughs> He's the diversity hire of the night owls. Um, and who am I? Who who is the advocate for advocate for the voiceless? I'm Mel. I use they them pronouns. Um, you can find me on social media at Melvin Copa and on TikTok at Grunkle Rex. And I've said more about myself than I was able to about Axe Wolves. Says a lot about society. Always love an underdog story. Thank you so much for sharing. And our fourth and final contestant with 3,458, approximately, probably a little more because of categorization issues, whatever, on AO3, is Claudia representing Dinjarin slash reader. How are you today, Claudia? I'm great. Um, my name is Claudia. My pronouns are she, her, and I'm coming in as the heavyweight champ. Uh, everyone will need to beat me because as the only cis woman on this podcast, I had to represent my people. <laughs> she truly a person for the people. Yeah, I had to represent my people. Um, this is for our listeners who, uh, used to be in, uh, Pedro Pascal Discord. I'm doing this for you today. I'm actually playing for charity and I'm playing for them today. So, (laughs) um, so, and I do it for, I do it for the rough day girlies. That's why I'm here. I'm here to represent us. Um, so, sweet girl, you, sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Can you tell us a little, can you tell us a little about Reader, about the context behind Reader? Yes. So, if you are not familiar with fan fiction, many people ship two characters with each other, or more, with each other. Or they just write about characters and their regular platonic relationships with each other. However, there is another form of fan fiction, which is shipping yourself with the character. Or, in its, uh, its sister, which is creating an original character of a specific gender, uh, and shipping that person uh, who the reader can identify with this character. It could be in first person, it could be in third person, who knows. However, these kinds of fan fictions, especially with a character who is as eligible a bachelor as Din Djarin, um, 
they are quite common. Um, you might more often see this with, you know, a band or an actor, that kind of thing. But Din Djarin really fits the bill for this because um, he's literally kind of a blank slate at first. You can't see his face. And um, he doesn't have a specific love interest at all. Um, so everyone completely went ham. Um, I will go into later more about the reasons, but basically um, the reader can be anybody you want to be. And in this case, I will be trying to be as gender neutral as possible. However, I will become from a cis woman, um, original female reader, uh, <laughs> ex Dinjarin right. standpoint. So um, that's where I've come today. Thank you so much. I appreciate your insight on this vast, vast type of fiction. Now that we know who's here, let's talk a little about the rules of the game. I'm going to present our contestants here with a series of questions that they will answer on behalf of their pairing. Think of the dating game. After each question, everyone will anonymously vote for who they believe had the best answer. They won't be able to vote for their own pairing. So for example, if I were to ask a question, everyone would give an answer, and then the other hosts would all text me who they thought won that round in secret. After the last question, I will tally the votes, and we will crown the best romantic option for Din Djarin. And this is the best, definitively. So if you disagree, I'm really sorry. This is just fact. Scientific. Are we ready to get into the questions, everyone? Yeah. I'm so ready. Let's do it. Question number one. How would your character ask Din Djarin out? Okay. So I know that many others will sort of struggle to find an answer for this, but I actually have an in-canon uh, way that Kavvanth would ask Din Djarin out, and that would just be by asking him if he can get a drink with him. Canonically, Din asks Cobb this in the episode, but I'm of the opinion that these two men really only know how to communicate by going to a bar and saying nothing for about 20 minutes before they, like, realize they're on a date. <laughs> Claudia just put in the chat, like, men do. Yes, can confirm. Um, alternatively, I feel it would be something of a sort of walking up and saying, the weather is really nice today. <laughs> they sort of have to like work from there. <laughs> I just know that those two men at first really do not know how to talk to one another. I know that Cobb would give it his all, but I feel ultimately it would come off like sort of awkward. And I know that in my heart of hearts to be true. Thank you very much for your answer. Would the representative of Boba Din like to say a few words? Yeah. Okay. So thinking about this, I think Boba is a very, like, you know, upfront, forward person. So he probably would just go right up to Din and tell him, uh, you know, you, me, date. That's the kind of vibe that I feel Boba would do. I don't know if Din would really get what's happening, or he'd probably be so shocked that Boba would be that upfront about it but yeah that's how I think it would go it's Boba initiates and is the straight to the point man lovely it's a great answer let's hear from Axton Nation um we prefer being called Ain or Dix um I apologize <laughs> I will put that on the on, in the notes thank you um, so there's only really one way that this could go down in any way, shape, or form. Um, I imagine Din Djarin is hanging out on Tatooine. Other 
legacy planet that Dave Filoni loves, there's some dust that appears out of nowhere. A ship is coming towards him. The ship stops. The door opens. There's like fog and shit. Who's standing there but Casca and Bo-Katan. And they hand Din, like it's a playground, a little note. And on the note, it says in Mandoa, do you want to go out? Yes, no. And then getting his consent, once he was circled yes, he, he gives it back to Bo-Katan and or Casca. I'm assuming they've also told him that his axe wolves is asking them on the date. They then knock him over the head, knocking him out, drag him onto the ship and onto the date. Wow, right to the point. I appreciate that. Would reader slash Din like to answer? So, as you may or may not know, there are many, many um, scenarios of how reader has met Din Djarin. Um, most of the popular ones, whether they are a Jedi in hiding or they are some sort of scoundrel, maybe even an ex ex wing pilot, ex of the rebellion, whatever is like the reader is getting into some shenanigans. The reader is also a part of a part of the underworld, and this man this man has saved saved the reader in some way. Okay, that's usually how it begins. Does he ever ask them on a date? No, dates just start occurring after the reader starts uh, ra- riding on the razor crest. And I don't mean that as innuendo. I mean that literally. <laughs> From a certain point of view, if you know what I'm saying. I would ask that the representative please do not speak over other contestants. <laughs> Usually the typical kinds of dates that occur in these type of fan fictions um, are usually they are going out for supplies and they do involve uh, walking around in some market in some uh, in some planet and then realizing they're kind of having a little romantic moment. Will didn't realize that's a date? No, because I, I don't think he knows what a date is, or he knows it in concept, but doesn't actually know what that means in practice. However, um, I don't think most of the readers don't really know either, but it depends on their background. Um, these are just the facts through my reading of various fan fictions. Thank you. I reserve the rest of my time. <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Are you all ready for question two? To follow up, what would your character describe as the perfect date with Din? Here are my thoughts on this. I think that Din and Cobb's actual first date was killing the Kray Dragon. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna mark that down as a date. So I'm actually going to propose a long form hunting trip of some kind. Sort of think Brokeback Mountain, but only the first twenty minutes is what I'm picturing is like, I'm thinking we have, we have a denim jacket. I'm seeing a tent. I'm picturing the wilderness. Uh, I'm seeing solitude. I think that they would just genuinely enjoy spending time with one another. But I also think it has to involve some sort of physical challenge, perhaps even a threat to their life. Like when I say hunt, I don't mean like a deer. I mean like, like if they were to go to the Arrakis, the main planet from Dune, I think that that would be like sort of an ideal date moment for them. Thank you for your response. I would love to hear, what would Boba Din do on a perfect date? Okay, so picture this. They're at um, formerly Jabba's palace, but now Boba's palace. 
uh, Boba has prepared a nice little feast to have a nice little dinner with Din, um, which is how the date starts off and how Boba wanted it to stay the whole the whole date. But obviously, you know, Boba, he is in charge of this this whole little area of a tattooy now. You know, he's got he's got his job to do, and so obviously that gets interrupted by best pal Fennec, and she's like dang, there's there's trouble going on in town. And Boba's like, dang, I'm going to have to cut her date short. But Din is like, no, I'll help you out, Boba, because that's what <laughs> boyfriends do. <laughs> and so their nice little dinner date turns into, like, you know, crime fighting date because I believe Boba is not <laughs> a crime lord anymore. He is, you know, turning over a new leaf fixing stuff up in on Tatooine and Din is helping. Um where's baby Grogurt and all of this, you know? <laughs> Maybe getting babysat by Pelly, but either way, it's just a fun um boys' night for the boyfriends, Din and Boba, and they're hanging out, beating up people, and then um after they go back and chill out in Boba's cool room with all the curtains and his back to pod <laughs> but they don't hang on the back to pod the end i love how conclusive that was i'm happy that you added the end just so that we knew yeah what do we what do we have about aim what are they doing so continuation of the first scene the first um what is it called tableau cut to the inside of this is going to be very regional very specific a wawa Y'all know what a Wawa is? It's a it's a, a, a gas station where there is um you I- you just you just asked the multiple East Coast hosts what a Wawa okay, is. Okay, well Jess is not that, from the East Coast. I would I, I would ask that I would ask that the representative from Reader slash Din stays quiet during another person's testimony. Apologies was- to the chair. <laughs> it's okay. I interrupted you earlier. We're good. We're homies. We're chilling. Anyways, back to my vision. Wawa, basically, it's just a gas station, but there are iPads you can, like, order food on. And the food's pretty okay, I think, personally. Bathroom experience, the iPad at Wawa, pretty solid. Anyways, point is, they get their little drinkies from Wawa. And then Axe says, Dinjamin, Din, babes, we got to go. And Din says, where are we going? To the set of Wipeout. The boys proceed to have a wonderful Wipeout challenge and it ends with a chaste kiss the end impressive impressive i must say that that is a very interesting date now finally what are reader and din doing on the perfect date that i can answer with a real example from a fan fiction do i remember which fan fiction it's from no because i read them all in a haze in december 2020 um it might be from Timothy Zahn's classic Rough Day. <laughs> Take a shot every time I say that. Um, there is a scene. I think that this evokes some of the best reader din in interactions. Um, it's a very, you know, in Beauty and the Beast, when he gives her the library situation, it's kind of like that, except for Basically, a situation where Din Djarin, he travels the galaxy. He knows a lot of places. 
Um, and he finds somewhere extremely beautiful to bring her that's very isolated. As as the cheer from Din Cobb said, um, I think somewhere remote, not around a lot of people, he doesn't like that, um, is helpful. And in one fan fiction, a great example of this, um, there was this multicolored waterfall, and it was really beautiful. Um, in this fan fiction, I cannot remember which one it was. Um, and he brought her there, and it was quite possibly the most beautiful thing she had ever seen. Um, so yeah, a natural wonder. Not camping, um, but just to be like, I want to show you this this beautiful thing. Because again, this man does not know how to have a conversation. Not in a shitty, toxic man way. He just he just doesn't know how to have a conversation. But it makes it very clear. Um, and also wants to spend a- alone time with the reader. I cede the rest of my time back to the chair. Thank you so much for your answer. That sounds like a lovely time. Question three. Din calls to tell you his ship has broken down on the other side of the galaxy. What does your character do to help? The representative from Din Cobb? So in terms of helping, Cobb is very mechanically minded. I'm certain he could do that. But I feel that what's important here is what we wear to the location and also what we're actually doing. Because I feel that Cobb Banth is the type to sort of wear like basically like a sexy grease monkey outfit almost i like i'm seeing like a blue jumpsuit with like rolled up sleeves no undershirt he's unbuttoned like nearly like more than half of the shirt and is like visibly covered in motor oil and when he arrives din is like why the fuck are you covered in motor oil he's like that's just business babe and then gets to fixing the razor crest would he fix it correctly That's between him and God. But the point is, he looks really attractive while doing it. And I also think it's important to note that I feel like he's the type to, like, drop a wrench or something on purpose. So he has to, like, very lazily bend it over and pick it up. I'm seeing, like, I'm seeing him putting on a show. I know that he would fix the Razor Crest eventually, but I know he would look sexy while doing it. And that's what's really important. Thank you for your answer. What does Bobadin have to say about that? So... We all know about, um, you know, Boba Fett's starship that everyone um, had controversial opinions on a while back. But if Din called and was like, hey, babes, um, my ship did break down. I am, um, where the, Tatooine is like in the outer room. Fucking Din could be like (laughs) on Coruscant and be saying that and Boba would be like, don't worry. I'm coming on my starship. <laughs> I realize I said that, and um, I, that could also be an innuendo, but I I mean that he's literally going to get Din. Um, yeah, you know, he'd leave Fennec in charge, be like, sorry, Fennec, I need you to take over while I'm gone for a few days because I gotta go all the way to Coruscant to pick up my boyfriend who his shitty little ship broke down again. Uh, yeah. Thanks, Bestie. Well, we can all appreciate a man who has a ship. What say... What say Axe about this? What would Axe do? What would Axe do? That's a great question. Well, historically, he has not come to Din's aid in his darkest hour. Um, I think if he was specifically verbally asked, Axe Wolves, will you come get my ass? from wherever, and or other Star Wars planet, Axe would be like, hell yeah, brother. He would get into his ship 
And then it would probably also break down because we don't know anything about his ship. Um, and so he'd probably get an Uber for Din to get back home without the ship. Listen, the Razor Crest is old. It's time to get it's time to bury a dead horse in the ground, dog. I love a more realistic approach. What would Reader do? Once again, of course, this is a complicated question because the reader can be anybody. Um, as the Mario Kart end credits say when it thanks you, it's you. Um, <laughs> um, so this very much depends on what kind of reader it is. Now, the reader and Dinjarin are not usually separated for some reason, but if they are, it is usually for something dire or maybe a misunderstanding and they have separated. But then usually he is in trouble. He has to save her or... I'm sorry, she has to save him or the baby in some sort of way. Um, my favorite scenario is if the baby must be saved um, and he needs help in some way and that she has to ru- rush to his rescue. Has this happened in many fictions? Fictions? <laughs> has this happened in many fan fictions? Yes. I particularly like the ones where she is an X Wing pilot uh, because if she's a pilot, she can. Noom noom. Um, I have not been consuming the genre um, post-destruction of the Razor Crest. May it rest in peace. I do know that people are just acting as if it still exists. Um, but <laughs> him without a ship, I do feel like his girl needs to pick him up in her car, in her Toyota Prius. <laughs> because um, I do, I do feel like... Uh, that she needs to come pick him up. Uh, I do I, I do feel like, you know, we did see him kind of humbled in the Book of Boba Fett where he uh, took public transportation. Uh, I do feel like he would get in a phone booth and be like, hi, can you come pick me up? <laughs> and she'd be like, I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd do it. Um, and I would. I absolutely would. And I'd be like, can you turn on fine on my iPhone? He's like, I don't have a phone. <laughs> I see the rest of my time back to the chair. Well, you have really struck an emotional part in me. Let's all just shout out to the Razor Crest. Razor rest in peace. (laughs) I'm trying not to laugh at my own joke. (laughs) (laughs) He replaced the Razor Crest with a with a Razor phone. That's all he has left. He has a flip phone. Every everybody else are like, "Oh, do you have Android?" I get the green bubble, and he's like, "Actually, actually, no, I have a flip phone." His fingers are fast as fuck, boy. (laughs) No modern AU where the Razor Crest is just his 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 Razor phone. Okay, no, because I do I do want to pause it. He's not one of those guys who's like, I just wanted to like disconnect and like not use a smartphone. He's like, I legitimately do not know how to use an iPhone four. Please help me. So um, imagining Din with the fucking pink razor phone and like so true. There's a charm on it. Mm Hmm. I agree. An AU where the dark saber is just a phone charm, and they're all fighting over it. Question four. This one's a little bit more simple, a little more introspective. What is your character's love language? What do we think Cobb Vance's love language is? Sucking and fucking. <laughs> no, I just wanted to say that. <laughs> That's not my actual answer. <laughs> I feel like he's an I feel like he's either an act of service or just like a plain and simple physical touch kind of guy. I do feel like 
from what we know about his character, he strikes me as the type to find like making breakfast for someone or like folding their laundry to be like romantic gestures. Uh, but I also feel like he may just be someone who's like, if I don't have physical touch every 20 minutes, I will explode. So I feel like it's one of those, but I'm really torn between which one. Um, I guess if I had to pick, like definitively, I would say acts of service. Like that's my my final answer for that one. Great. Thank you. I appreciate your input. What is Boba Fett's love language? Uh I think Boba's is also actually acts of service. He doesn't strike me as the person who'd want to, not that he doesn't want quality time with someone, but like, you know, he kind of was alone a lot of his life. Even when Django was around, it seemed like Django also went off and left Boba on Camino a lot. But uh, he does seem like the type of guy who, who would be like, oh yeah, here, let me help you with this. Like, like when he offers to help Din uh, rescue Grogu, uh, helping out Fennec by giving her <laughs> Robo Tommy. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I can see my time. <laughs> Acts of service. Thank you for your response. What is axes? So I think we need some context, right? Because here's the thing about axe woes. His name is never said in, in the television show The Mandalorian. Um, we find it, we found that information out through the credits and through IMDB. IMDB, that's what it's called. Yes. That's how we found out his name. No one's ever said his fucking name in the goddamn show. Um, so I would like to say that words of affirmation are Axwoves' love language. Because if anyone addressed him by name, I think he would love them forever. Um, I simply think that if anyone spoke to him, period, I feel like I feel like Bo-Katan just kind of speaks to the air and assumes people are listening. Um, if anyone addressed him formally, I think he'd really appreciate that. So that's my answer. I know everybody loves to be referred to at some point in their life. What's a reader? So I think I need a point of clarification from the chair. Is it which... What is the love language that they like to receive? The char- our our character likes to receive, or that our character likes to give to Dinjarin? I would say that that is up to your interpretation. Okay, then I will be giving both. Um, so uh, obviously that then I am making statements about Dinjarin himself, but I hopefully that I please let me know if you have any objections. Um, so the. Love language that I do see that reader often enjoys the most, um, and I don't know if this is because of the the fucked up people that the the read and write these stories a lot, where they're like, yeah, much like Dinjarin, this person has had a fucked up life, um, and probably has not had the touch of another human being in an extremely long time. Um, so it, I do believe that is going to be um, physical touch. Um, that being said, there are versions of lots of other ones. Obviously, um, acts of service is another, I think, I believe that acts of service is one that they would learn to like. Um, uh, they they do often learn to like, because I do believe that is Dinjarin's love language to other people. What is the love language that they use, that they speak themselves? Um, 
I do believe that it is words of affirmation, um, not only because I feel like nobody has talked to Din in a very long time, but just to be like, hey, did you know another person cares about you? That is often how things begin. And he's like, what is a friend? That is usually how it begins. Or what is a friend? Or just, you know, what is someone in a romantic context talking to me? I don't understand. Um, a compliment? Me? In my me, in my razor crest, who could, who would have thunk? Um, you know, are the love languages kind of fake, uh, kind of fucked up and made up, and have been debunked? Sure, but that's my treaties. And if any of the other chairs would like to argue about what Dinjarin feels, um, we can get to that at a, at a later session. I can see the rest of my time to the floor. I very much appreciate your your call for debate. That is definitely something that we will schedule at a later time. So I appreciate that. Let's move on to the next question. Din has a job he has to take care of and leaves your character to babysit Grogu. What do they do together? Noah, what are Cobb, Vanth, and Grogu doing? So here's my thought. My knee-jerk reaction is to say that, like me, Cobb Vanth is confused and frightened by children because they are very breakable, and I would be afraid to be a babysitter. I think he would be too, but I think that that's not right. I think that Cobb Vanth is driving them to Target. I think he's grabbing the largest Lego set he can find, and I think he's then driving back to the house and saying, we are simply going to spend all day building this Lego set. Like, I don't care if Din has gone on his shift for 14 hours, we will be spending 14 hours building a Lego set. And I say that because I feel that he's the type of person to sort of see a baby and be like, well, they would love to do whatever I would love to do. And babies like building stuff, right? Like, this is fine. And he just like, Din comes home and it's like Lego set after Lego set after Lego set. And he's like, what the hell is this? And he's like, well, that's what they do, right? He's like, kids? And Cobb's like, yes. Yeah, that is my best guess there. I tried. I did what I could. However, I also think he's being attentive. It's not like it's not like he's going to come home and be like, Grogu hasn't eaten in a day. I don't think it's that. I just think for entertainment, they're going to be building Legos. Thank you for your answer. What would Boba do if he was tasked with um, hanging out with Grogu? I don't particularly think Boba would be the best with any child. Uh... <laughs> But if he was tasked with watching Grogu, I think he would kind of unfortunately treat Grogu like how he kind of was raised growing up with Django. He'd take Grogu on a fun little adventure, which actually is very dangerous, probably. Be like, okay, Grogu, it's time to train so that you can um, be helpful to your papa. You know when, like, if you watch the book of Boba Fett when Luke is making Grogu do all these flips? Imagine that, but he's with Boba. Obviously, Boba is not making Grogu do Force stuff. I don't know if Gro um, Boba knows about Groga Groga <laughs> Grogu's Force sensitivity. Like, I don't know if that's, like, a widely known thing for all of them. But I do think he'd be, like, going being like okay Grogu this is what you do I need you to do a flip <laughs> do a flip and Grogu would do a flip pretty easily which I think would impress Boba like oh shit this little guy can do flips that's fucking epic uh, and then Din comes back and Grogu has suddenly learned how to hold a blaster and 
can do parkour better than he already can. And that's uh, Grogu's day with Uncle Boba. Very much reminiscent of Boba's childhood, of what we can assume his childhood was like with his father being Jago Fett. So we appreciate your answer. Oh, also, uh, don't worry, he's making Grogu wear uh, a seatbelt in <laughs> his ship, just like Jango did before with Boba, because car safety, always. Thank you for the clarification. What would Axe Woves do when tasked with caring for Grogu? So you ask a really great and existential question. The thing is, is that Axe Woves is a real bitch. He's here for the people. He's the people's princess. He's doing what any good babysitter of a small child would do. He's ordering mac and cheese from Panera on Uber Eats, sitting their ass down on the goddamn couch and watching Coco Melon. Great. <laughs> that- <laughs> you just made me break character there for a second. That short to the point makes sense. And last but certainly not least, what would reader do with Grogu? To the chair, I'm so glad that you asked this question because this is a common uh, setup for Din slash reader fix. And there is a plethora of answers. Um, a lot of times it's usually um, the reader being like, I don't, I don't know anything about children. Um, I- I'm here to just like fix the ship. I'm here. That's my job on the ship. And I don't know anything about children. What do children eat? What do they do? Um, and having to learn babysitting along the way, which is very progressive because, you know, oftentimes it is a woman and it's like, I, I don't know this just because I'm a woman. Um, I simply do not have the means to to do this. Um, that being said, uh, there's usually, usually these kind of, usually feeding Grogu is involved and the struggles that come with that, you know, Stipping the soup like Din and, and Din and Grogu do, making the little soup, going out looking for food, maybe going on a little adventure to a marketplace uh, to go get some food. Um, <laughs> Noah did put when will Trina Vega be in Star Wars <laughs> in the <laughs> in the in the comments. Um, another great question, perhaps for another time. Please continue. Yeah, definitely putting that on our um. So yeah, so I think that um, it would involve just um, casually trying to do things. You know, there are some fix where, you know, Grogu's a messy eater. You got to bathe him, you know, and you did, the reader usually just doesn't know how to handle this little man. Sometimes it does involve um, finding out that the force exists because um, he's just moving things around, um, you know, and obviously in the, in the darker ones, it's usually, oh God, the reader lost Grogu. Dinchan's going to hate her now. Um, that does happen. No. No. I will, I will add, I will step in. Noah said that he brought up <laughs> Trina Vega because, quote, it was just because Claudia said the phrase, well, because I'm a woman, but I don't know how to do this. And I thought, I'm a woman in Chicago and I'm scared. Anyway, please continue your answer. Delegate uh- from reader slash Din. Thank you. Um, I think that's it. I think uh, it could be a combination of those things, but I definitely think that it is um, adventures and caring for Grogu. Also, in some, there's a lot of like taking a little nap with Grogu, usually in the one stupid ass bed that Din Djarin has on the Razor Crest, and usually comes back and finds the two of them having a little nap 
So that's, I know that for a fact. That is canonical to the reader slash Jane universe, uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. I see the rest of my time to the chair. Thank you for your answer. Are we ready for the next question? This one is a bit of a departure. This is more about compatibility. How does your character feel about Mandalorian politics? Additionally, do they think Din should hold the Darksaber? What does Cobb Vanth think about this? Okay, so I'm going to go out on a limb and say just based off of Cobb's experience with Mandalorian armor, that man knows next to nothing about Mandalorian politics, let alone probably even where Mandalore is. Um, So I think he's pretty much like head empty, no thoughts on that one. Like Din is like, I think this. And Cobb is like, I also think that. I couldn't agree more. In terms of should Din be the one to wield the Darksaber and or rule Mandalore, I'm going to say that he is pro Din Djarin being a king, mostly because, one, he's a supportive boyfriend. I'm going to say that. Cobb Banth, if, one th- if nothing else, is a supportive boyfriend. And he's like, babe, if you want to rule Mandalore, I will so go to war over that. Um, however, I would also say that I think for a mercenary reason, Cobb Banth is like, I would love to dress like a prince all the time. And I would love to have a crown in some fashion. And if this comes with that, I'll do that. And you're like, but Noah, Mandalorians don't wear crowns. They wear helmets. Like I said, Cobb Vanth does not know anything about <laughs> Mandalorian politics. He's like, they probably have crowns. And Din's like, do I tell him? Like, do I let him know that there's no crown involved here? So I think he'd be pro Din being the Mandalore. I think if asked to point out Mandalore on a map, it would sort of be spiritually akin to someone asking me to name any state between California and Massachusetts, which is to say it would not happen. What about Boba? What are his thoughts on Mandalorian politics and the owner of the Darksaber? Okay, so as we all know, Boba himself does not consider himself a Mandalorian. Although he does say, you know, that his father was a Mandalorian or... No, he doesn't even say that. He just says that the armor belonged to his father. I don't think Boba particularly cares for um, Mandalorian politics, considering, you know, he doesn't see himself as a Mandalorian. He has his own troubles to worry about on Tatooine. So he's like, okay, that's... (laughs) Y'all can deal with that over there on your little planet that has been turned to glass. <laughs> but uh, if, if Din came to Boba and said, hey, you know, I'm being dragged into Mandalorian politics now because I am technically the owner of the Darksaber and I might have to rule Mandalore. I think Boba would ask Din, but like, okay, I, I'd support you if you wanted to be ruler, but do you want to be ruler? Like, I'll support you no matter what you do kind of deal. Like, that's just the vibe I feel from at least Boba Fett that we see in the book of Boba Fett, who is more mature and chill with his life. Uh, But yeah, if it wasn't for Din, I don't think Boba would even get involved in any of the politics going on on Mandalore. Thank you for your answer. Very informative. Now, the burning question... What does Axe Woves think about Mandalorian politics and what are his thoughts on Din with the Darksaber? So this is really important is the thing. And I would say that Axe Woves has a tactical advantage over 
literally everyone else. Um, I would say he's pretty involved with the Mandalorian politics um, and would know quite a lot about it. Uh, I'd like to think that maybe he's a little bit of a history buff. He's getting lost in a Barnes and Noble in the history section. Um, so yeah, I, I think he, he's very involved vis-a-vis, uh, Din Djarin and the, the Darksaber and therefore the, the rulership of Mandalore. Um, I don't know if he's down for that. I don't think he really fucks with that. And that's okay because here's the really important thing. I don't think Din fucks with that either is the thing. I think that because he's the main character, he keeps getting dragged by the narrative into to positions of power and he doesn't like it. And I think having a boyfriend who stands with him and says, you don't need to do this, babes. I've got a girl boss right here who really wants to do this so badly again. Go for it, girl. Um, you know, I, I and here's the thing about Axwell is I really think that like, you know, he's tweeting hashtag I voted like he's he's here for democracy and all. Um, but I, I think he's. He's there for Bo, for his homegirl. Um, and if he gets a man's in the process, so be it. Great answer. Thank you very much. It's, once again, very enlightening. What are readers' thoughts? Uh, thank you so much. Um, as the delegate from uh, Din, Din Wolves Nation uh, said... <laughs> it is Ain or Dicks. Thank you. Sorry. I will have order. I will have order in this chamber. Delegate from reader slash din, please continue. Thank you. Um, as the delegate from Dick's Nation said, um, <laughs> um, I do believe that I have a bit of an advantage. Um here and that the reader can be anyone um and that does include mandalorian reader you know that that could bring up a lot of conflict you know if it's kind of a on bo Katan's side sort of mandalorian you know a mandalorian could be anything could be an enemies to lovers situation you know i haven't read as many of those um actually i did read one where they grew up together in death watch that one was a bit of a slay um if anybody remembers what that's called please tweet it at me um because <laughs> oh boy and so i definitely think it depends is the reader mandalorian that being said um i am biased in that i think um him having being the mandalore is both funny and slay um much like uh cob vanth uh me as the reader would be looking for fix where you know uh gold digger no i'm kidding uh, i'm much like cob vanth um as the delegate from cob vanth said um i would definitely be the kind of person to be like yeah does that mean i get to wear a little crown um so i would be looking for those kind of fan fictions obviously that being said there aren't a lot of them and i do think that when we re-enter our mandalorian renaissance era because we had the initial era um after season one and two um now that we're really dealing more with the mandalorian stuff i'll be very interested to see how those trends go um so i do think that um i do think that the the that the reader is usually um somewhat supportive um but more supportive of whatever whatever dan is feeling honestly um unless they are mandalorian then we're gonna mix it up and that might change I see the rest of my time to the chair. Thank you very much for your answer. For our next question. If price is no object, what would your character get Din as a gift? What would Cobb Vanth do? Okay, so here's my thought. I think that Cobb is, he's not going to spend money on something that's like an ornament of some kind. I think he's doing something functional. 
But I also think it's got to be something that's very slay. So I'm thinking he's going to like go all out on like getting Din new weapons or just like new tools, new supplies. I know he's coming back and being like, this grappling hook is the best grappling hook on the market. I don't know if he's like quite thrilled by that. I think he's going to Corazon and saying, there was a man here owned a shop with who owned a shop and he wore a wiglet. His name's Luthen. Does he still work here? And like trying to find some kind of like really sweet antique weaponry that I think Din would appreciate. Um, but I, I think overall, I think he's buying him something that he thinks he can use, but also like appreciate the fact that it is beautiful in and of itself, much like Din's like Beskar spear. Like that's very pretty, but also has a lot of function. Yeah, I think that's what he would do. Great. Thank you so much for your answer. What would Boba Fett do? in that situation see (laughs) this sucks going right after noah because i also think boba would be someone who'd like you know value like function functionality although you know since he is in charge of like tatooine now and has a palace he is probably getting really expensive stuff still um he can also just find people who were being shitty and like confiscate confiscate their stuff and be like here din look (laughs) i got you a gift isn't it great and din would be none the wiser but probably also suspect um hey did you take this from someone and boba would be like haha i'll never tell but yeah boba seeing as he kind of at least knows about mandalorians to my understanding of Boba Fett and seeing as he was a bounty hunter too, would definitely get <laughs> Din probably new weapons. Also maybe even more fun upgrades to his already new fun, funky sleigh little ship be like here because I have all the money now. You are my sugar baby. <laughs> sugar baby Din Jarin. Um, I'm making a canon now. Dave Filoni, John Favreau, I'm coming for your job. I love a manifesto at the end there. I very much appreciate your input. What would Axe Woves get, Din? If price was no object, I think that Axe Woves is getting Din Djarin, a Mixmaster. You may say, Mel, what is a Mixmaster? It's, um, like, like a stand mixer, like, to mix things. Um... Anyways, so you might ask why? Why would he get him a mix master? The answer is very simple. I think that Axe Woves, A, it's like, listen, dude, you don't have any hobbies, do you? Maybe we can get you into baking or something. You know, I think that would help maybe your depression or anxiety. I'm not a psychiatrist. I can't diagnose you. Um... And so he would get him a mix master to, you know, encourage different hobbies and different interests. And also, I think it, it comes with a dual purpose, as as we all know, um, in the episode where they met um, the heiress, Grogu is having a little snack. Din is, you know, Din is giving him lean cuisine little dinners on on the Razor Crest. Like, he's not actually cooking for his ass. So I think it's time that he sta- he stands up for Grogu's nutritional needs and gets him a mix master another functional gift it seems like there's a theme finally what would reader 
purchase for Din Djarin if price was no object? Once again, this is very difficult, but that is because Din Djarin is difficult to get gifts for. Because I feel like he's very much, well, I don't really need anything. I, I mean, I got my baby. I got guns. I got my ship. That, that makes him seem like he's from West Virginia. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry. And also, no hate to anybody from West Virginia. I mean that in a positive way. Um, But I just realized how that came out. Um. <laughs> I just feel like he would be like, well, what do I need? And so getting him a gift would be extremely difficult. I do think that they're in some of the best fixes, really. Um, people really don't know what's get him usually something small or whatever. Um, but I'm going to go out of my way and give something that I think would be very adorable, cute, and fun. Um which would just be flowers because no one's giving that man flowers. Um, and he would not know what to do with himself. Absolutely not know what to do. He would be like, and this is a thing people do. Um, like many men who don't receive flowers. Um, I do believe that I think that that, that is what would, what would work the best. Um, that being said, any sort of gift that is like involving Mandalorian culture, seen a lot of that. Um, you know, as the as the reader, if they are not Mandalorian themselves, if they are Mandalorian, that even means a lot more. But if they are not, like in learning his culture, there's a lot of that. Love that. Um, even seen some people like like even though Mandalorian culture is kind of underground, um, the reader learning Mandalorian the language um, as a gift. But yeah, I'm gonna go with flowers because I think it would just it would just uh, he would just not expect it and i see the rest of my time to the chair a classic gift the next question what song defines your character this is more of a personality question something to help us get to know them we'll start noah what song do you think defines cobb vanth i'm really torn between two answers um for Cobb Vant, like a song that I feel like when I listen to it, I think of him. The first is obvious, and that is Cowboy Like Me by Taylor Swift. I just think that the vibe is right. But the song that I feel the other one that I was thinking about was Valentine Texas by Mitski. Uh one because that song is a banger, but also because it's just, I don't know, something about it feels uh correct to me i don't know i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna say cowboy like me by taylor swift is what i think of when i think about cop a great song and a great answer thank you so much jess what song defines boba fett okay i'm going to preface this with i don't listen to a lot of music i uh <laughs> mainly listen to video game and anime soundtracks but i do think <laughs> Honestly, anything from the the one album Tamora Morrison <laughs> released, <laughs> mainly not just because you know Tamora Morrison is Boba Fett and all the clones, but just uh, picturing Boba Fett singing any of that is really funny to me. Uh, the other answer I had was <laughs> "Country Roads, Take Me Home." <laughs> that song, that's totally wrong. I don't know why that popped in my head. If I pick any specific song from the, the from Tem's album, uh, maybe his cover of It's Not Unusual, and I'm not going to elaborate on that. What song do we think represents Axe Woves? 
Okay, so I will say that about, I would say five songs in rapid succession came into my head. I'm going to list them off now, but um, end with the one that I think is the truth. My first knee-jerk reaction was Ptolemaea by Ethel Kane. Um, not true. Then, then second, Hot Girl by Meg The Stallion. Third off, Alien Superstar by Beyonce. And finally, the true answer, Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls. Wow. I will say my jaw dropped. Thank you very much for your answer. It is deeply appreciated. Now, the question we've all been waiting for. What song represents Reader? I'm so glad that you asked, um, because this one I have had the answer prepared. This is a reference to uh, the fan fiction that may have come to a lot of people's mind, but that inspired a movement. Um, that is Sweet Girl by Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> um, listen, if you read the lyrics, could it be Dinjarin singing? Who's to say? If one doesn't know about Sweet Girl from Timothy Zahn's seminal epic, <laughs> Rough Day. Um, there are many terms of endearment, both in Mandela and in English, that Din Djarin has been seen to use in a fan fiction, but one really stands out in a lot of fan fiction, and that is, for some reason, Sweet Girl. So that is why I have to use this. Do I know why it got popular? No, I do not. But it is. It is. And it is a thing that, it is a train that cannot be stopped. And that's it. That's all I have. Thank you very much. I appreciate your answer. As we all do. This is our penultimate question. Your character has won an all-expenses-paid trip. Where would they take Din? Where would Cobb Vanth take Din, Noah? Okay. So, I my literal first thought was the world's, the galaxy's, sorry, largest water park. I just, I feel like that would be something that the two of that combat would be like, I have all this money to spend. I know what I'll be doing. I'll be going down slides. There will be tubes involved. If it's near vertical, you'll see me up there. Uh, <laughs> he'd be sort of on the lazy river saying we could stay here all day. I'm, I'm seeing water park. I think that they would give it a water park. Um, I also think conversely, if not a water park, one of those awful cruise ships that has a water park on the cruise ship, I feel like that is a good alternative. I feel like it just has to include a slide of some kind is like the bare minimum option. I'm also of the belief that Cobb Bands would wear one of those horrible like red, um, like Hawaiian textured shirts and walk around all day in that. Perhaps he's wearing it on the slide. I can't stop him, but I know that he would sort of consider that. Uh, and Din in public is like, I don't know that man. We've never met in our lives. <laughs> Oh, I also think that Cobb Vanth is the type to have a single line of sunscreen across the top of his nose and nowhere else. And Din is like, you're going to get a horrible sunburn. And he's like, no, no, no. That's what the sunscreen is for. I'm protected. Thank you very much for your answer. I think that's a very interesting take on Cobb, someone who is from a desert planet. He'd like some hydration, please. Where would Boba Fett take Din? on an all-expenses-paid vacation. I think somewhere very pretty. So, like, Naboo. Because it's very peaceful there. There is water, unlike Tatooine. Uh, they could, you know, 
spend some time looking at all the the pretty architecture maybe get invited to like a fancy little dinner party where they have a nice little romantic dinner um not a dinner party a fucking restaurant i don't know what the <laughs> what the hell i'm saying <laughs> yeah i think just boba would want to go somewhere where they could actually be chill and not <laughs> have to deal with working and um, dealing with criminals and bounties and stuff like that. So yeah, somewhere very relaxing and fun, like Naboo, where that's the stereotypical <laughs> Star Wars answer of everyone's like, oh yeah, if I could live anywhere, I'd want to live on Naboo because it's so pretty. <laughs> Maybe they also get to meet the Gungans that still hopefully exist there. They're not extinct now, right? I never hear about them anymore. Where did they go? I appreciate the call to action. Fact checkers, if we could get some information on the Gunkins, we would deeply appreciate it. Regardless, thank you for your answer. Um, to the chair, um, as a fact checker on the on the canon, um, if I if I can speak uh, in the book aftermath, actually the book the the trio of books that uh, were. Uh, where Cobb Vanth was introduced, um, there are Gungans. Oh, wait, that might be last shot. I apologize to the chair, um, but there are Gungans in the New Republic era. Off off planet as well. So they are not extinct. We know that. Thank you. Oh, also Jar Jar is alive and is a clown, in, sad clown in a square somewhere. So think on that. Thank you for the fact checking to the delegate from Reader Slashed In. Now I must ask, Mel, where would Axe Woves take Din on an all-expenses-paid vacation? So, as we all know, um, Axe Woves has a, uh, a tendency to get lost in gas station bathrooms and got get forgotten. So I think he's looking to go on a little bit more of an exotic vacation. He wants to go somewhere off the map. So I do think that he is taking Din to Exegol. Um, I think that that's just a fun, cool, funky spot for them to go um you just you know i don't know sip little drinks have a good time um and then din's like oh it's kind of cold here and also there's all these floating men or whatever the fuck is happening on exegol i don't remember <laughs> rise of skywalker that great not gonna lie um and so instead um i think that axe could alternatively or maybe part two of the trip go to Concord Dawn. Is Axe from Concord Dawn? Who knows? Who is to say? Because we know nothing about him. Uh, for all we know, he could be from Exegol. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, and if he goes to Concord Dawn, maybe he can meet Fen Rao. Maybe, maybe Fen Rao and Axe are best friends. What about that? Take that, liberals. A great question to mediate on. Meditate on? Whatever. Thank you very much for your answer. And once again, last but not least, where would Reader take Din on an all-expenses-paid vacation? So there's obviously a lot of opportunities here. Um, I do think that it would be a funny and uncomfortable time considering he likes to be out in the wilderness, take it easy, that kind of thing. Um, I do think that they would win some sort of sweepstakes, and I do think it would be the Galactic Star Cruiser, and it would be absolutely hilariously uncomfortable um for those who have read uh the princess and the scoundrel i think it would kind of a bit uh have that vibe and that they are they are not having a good time um on that ship um but mainly because din is like 
this is too this is too Mickey Mouse for me. Literally, it is too Mickey Mouse for him. Um, and he, much like Han Solo in that book, he is uh going like playing cards with the crew. He's doing things. I think he would really struggle to relax. Um, it, it would be all expenses paid, so they would have to they would get that drink that's like hundreds of dollars in the. <laughs> In the Galactic Star Cruiser that was, I think, in the book. <laughs> um, I do believe it would be a, a hilarious and maybe cringe uh, moment for capitalism that um, they would have a good time and that they were very, very confused, the both of them. Um, but yeah, I think it would be the Galactic Star Cruiser. I cede uh, the rest of my time back to the chair. Thank you very much for your answer. Short and simple. It's a very popular destination these days for characters across all of Star Wars for some reason. Very strange, but uh, thank you for your answer. This is our final question. One of great importance. How would your character ask Din to marry them? Noah, how would Cobb Vanth ask for Din Djarin's hand in marriage? Okay. All right. Let's get into it, yeah. So, first things first, I think we have to get the rings out of the way. So, if y'all recall, on their first official day together when they murder the Crate Dragon, there's this, like, big orb, basically. It's, like, a very large pearl. Um, and that is a body part, I believe, of the Crate Dragon. I think that Cobb Banth is going to go and get some of that from his new besties, the Tuscans, and use that to make the rings that he's going to get engaged and then subsequently married to Dinjarin with. Because if nothing else, this cowboy is a romantic. Where are we going for the proposal? What are we saying? I can cover only one of those because whilst I may try to channel him on a daily basis, I am not Cobbanth myself. But I think we're going up somewhere wonderfully high. I think it is going to be on Tatooine. And you might be like, ew, sand. But hear me out on this. It's the place where they first met. It is actually, like many deserts, quite beautiful sometimes. I think they're going on a long hike up some big-ass mountain. And then when they get to the very top of that, Cobb can get down on one knee in front of the sunset and be like, hey, we should get married. Not in those terms. I'm not that good of a romantic, but I know that that gentleman would be sweet-talking his way through the entire experience. I know it would be romantic. I know that there would be tears involved. Um, Yeah, I think that he would do it in a very sincere way. But ultimately, um, a romantic and most importantly, personal way between him and Din that like relates to their their past and their history and who they are as people. Great answer. We know personalization is always important in romance. How would Boba Fett ask Dinjarin to marry him? Okay. So, I know before we mentioned that Boba does not see himself as a Mandalorian. But I do think he would love Din and respect Din enough to know that Mandalorian culture is important to Din. So I think Boba, for one, would get rings made out of Beskar uh, to propose to Din with. And then he'd probably take Din on a on his starship. And I think Boba also would like, you know, a very meaningful place. Maybe not to, like, the two of them, but I imagine Boba Fett takes Din to what Din would be like, why are you taking me to a planet full of just water? There's just ocean here. But it's Camino, you know. Topoka City may not exist anymore, but I imagine Boba 
in his starship. They're like hovering over like the the giant oceans of <laughs> of Camino. Maybe it's rainy because you know it's always fucking rainy <laughs> on Camino. And him being like, you know, this is actually the planet where I grew up. This is where I was born and raised. And it may not be here anymore, but, you know, it meant a lot to me, just like how you mean a lot to me. (laughs) And then him asking Din if they could spend the rest of their life together and giving him their fun little Beskar rings. And that's how I think Boba would propose to Din. A meaningful place is always a nice touch. Now I ask, how would Axe Woves ask for Jin Jaren's hand in marriage? So glad you asked. So here's the here's the thing. Here's my my plot that I've been I've been weaving a narrative this entire time, and I'd like to to end where we began. You know how in um some movies and sometimes in real life, when people will get proposed to via breadstick at a restaurant. Like, they'll pick up a breadstick and there'll be a ring on it. And then the guy's like, Chrissy, will you marry me? I don't know why Chrissy was the person I decided. Anyways, so the point is, is that I I love this idea. I love this concept. However, I want it to be in a meaningful place for them. So I think it should be where they had their first date at Wawa. Um, But here's the the other kind of um, issue at hand. I do think that Axwell gets locked in the bathroom at Wawa. I think he can't do it because he's been trapped by the powers that be. So Din is just waiting in a Wawa perpetually for his love. And then the the guy who's probably being paid minimum wage at the counter is like, hey, um, I need to clean the bathrooms before I leave my for the, at the end of my shift. Um, your friend went in there earlier. What, what's up with that? And Din's like, oh, shit, you're right. And they open the door and there is... Axe, and he's like, I wanted to order a drink. Well, it's too late. Wawa's closing. So, um, they leave. I do have one point of correction. Wawa's are 24 hours. Well, this is a Wawa that closes. I see. This is a Wawa on Exegol. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize for my interruption of your time. Thank you very much for your answer. A narrative is always so important, and it's important to note not all relationships are perfect, but that's part of the joy. Where would Reader ask Din to marry them? I'm so glad you asked, because this is, once again, another key component of reader x din fan fiction obviously really depends on the background um if one is a reader of timothy zahn's epic of the genre uh one might say that he is the homer of the genre (laughs) timothy zahn's epic um rough day if it's the iliad i don't know what is the odyssey and i don't know what is the aeneid but you guys can um confound on that um i do believe a lot that has to do with the marriage plot line does have to do with a shooting range in a very romantic and both sexual way <laughs> um do i think that that is necessarily has to be no um i definitely think it would be very similar to the date situation or uh, a gift situation where it would be um 
you know, bring you to some, bring him to somewhere beautiful or something that means a lot, maybe to him and Grogu, something special in that sense. Um, once again, this is very dependent on the type of reader. I do not think that it would involve Mandalore unless it is like something meaningful to his specific little group. Um, this one is, this one I'm going to have to play the It Depends card. Um, but that being said, um, obviously all what comes to mind is the shooting range situation. Um, you know, would there be something kind of corny, um, involving like if the reader is a, a sharpshooter, a sniper of some kind, much like he is, um, could involve something cute, um, on some, I don't know. I'm not that creative. I'm not a fanfic writer for a reason. I'm just here to argue my case. I'm the, I am, I am this fandom's uh, legal representation here. Um, so it's not my job to think this stuff up, but I do think that that's, um, that's where we'd be. I see the rest of my time to the chair. Shooting is always very important in a relationship. Shooting something. Wink. Anyway, our votes are in. While I tally the results, I would ask that everyone go around and give an explanation as to why they think their pairing is the best for Din Djarin. We will begin with the representative from Din Cobb, Noah. I'm going to copy to the fact that I have some bias here because I love cowboys and I love gay cowboys. And really the first second that these two interacted in canon, they like... Many people across the internet were sort of immediately under the impression that, like, they were a thing. Something about their vibe, like, the chemistry that they have is so indicative of them. Like, just, they just seem like gay people. They seem like people who are in a relationship. I mean, Din's first words to Cobb in, um, well, not first words, but, like, one of his first words to Cobb when he visits him in Book of Boba Fett is, can I buy you a drink? I'm sorry. Are you going to try and tell me that they're not already in love? Um, but if you're thinking to yourself, okay, well, I'm not yet convinced. Let me pitch you this. They're gay people. They're cowboys. They are seemingly romantically involved. And I don't know, there's just something about them that is inherently interesting to me. They just, I want to see them like have a relationship and have a life together. I think that they should be starring in the movie that Pedro Pascal and Ethan Hawke are going to be in about being um, gay cowboys and also, if I have to have any, like, real evidence, Pedro Pascal himself put Din Cobart on his Instagram story. So I have y'all beat for canon representation. Thank you for your pitch. It has been a pleasure having you on the show. Let us hear a justification for Boba Din. Jess, take it away. For all my um, besties who are kind of enemies to lovers it was just a brief moment though but it still became like enemies to love to to besties <laughs> to to lovers because you know boba and din did meet with boba being like give me back my fucking armor and din's like uh no are you a mandalorian i can't give this to you unless you're a mandalorian and boba being like i'm going to kick your ass if you don't give me back my fucking armor right now i've spent so long looking for this armor <laughs> but you know then um, technically Din didn't give his armor back to Boba Fett Boba Fett just went on Din's ship and was like my armor and then you know he saw Din's child get kidnapped and be like you know what I'm gonna help you I'll get your I'll help you get your kid back I'll give you a ride also because I saw your 
your shitty car blow up. And that was very uh, slay, and that became their um, their friendship. Because I, <laughs> I do imagine Din being on Boba Fett's starship, crying about his son getting kidnapped, and Boba just doing arts and crafts with Fennec as he fixes his armor. But, you know, Boba probably being like, haha, um, that guy down there is kind of hot, right, Fennec? Because <laughs> I also support Boba Fennec, but we're not talking about that right now. Perhaps another day. But like I said also, some time ago, was it in the beginning of this episode? I don't remember anymore. Time is an illusion. But, you know, Boba and Din reuniting in the Book of Boba Fett and Din helping Boba deal with his problems and, you know, <laughs> having that fruity little moment of like, I will die <laughs> for you kind of deal because, you know, we're about to go into battle but i'm not gonna leave you bro that changed my brain chemistry somewhere and if you look at those like scenes where they are having their slay little um moment where they're fighting together you can't tell me that there isn't just something a little gay about that something a lot of gay about that actually <laughs> but that's just my opinion and yeah so if you want some, there's also a lot of fanfic where people do still write Din and Boba as kind of like enemies to lovers. So there's that. And we wouldn't even have Din Djarin if it wasn't for Boba Fett. So <laughs> they should just be two funky little guys in Mandalorian armor and Keldabe on the forehead. The end. Thank you for your conclusion. It is deeply appreciated. As always, it's a joy to have you here. Mel, can you give us a little peek into your brain on what makes Axe and Din so good together. My peers have had some great uh, final remarks. Um, and so I want to close out my argument for hashtag Ain to um, really be something powerful. So I'm going to read um, a, a poem for you all. <clears throat> and I don't want the world to see me because I don't think they'd understand. <laughs> when everything's made to be broken, I just want you to know who I am. Point of order, is that not a song and should have been in the song question? It's the, the same the... song! <laughs> it's the lyrics to Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls. Claudia doesn't in the lyrics I, to Iris no. by the Goo Goo Dolls, not to <laughs> I will have order. I will have order in this chamber. I know, so it doesn't count as a poem. Okay, I was trying to be funny. No, I know. I'm just being like, I will have I will have order in this chamber. Okay, wait, can I can I say my final thing? Yes. Stan Ain. Thank you for your remarks. It was an absolute pleasure to hear you debate your case. Lastly, what is the argument for reader slashed in? Claudia, take us away. Um, I'd like to thank my colleagues on the floor um, and also the chair for our time. And um, i just like to say that, you know, the, fa the reader, it's endless possibilities. Already Din Djarin represents endless possibilities. That is why we are here today. Um, but for Din X Reader, it's even more possibilities. You know, the world and the Razor Crest is your oyster. Um, you can, <laughs> the reader can be anyone. The reader can be, um, 
truly anything in Star Wars. You can really use your creativity. And, you know, if that always usually ends in them fucking good for you. Um, And I think that is what brings us the most, you know, it brings us a lot of creativity here. You know, once again, I am an advocate here. I'm legal representation. What I personally ship is a very different story. And I won't be, I won't be giving my, my personal biases at this time. Um, However, you know, it just it just gives us a lot of room to explore room to explore who Dinjarin is as a person. Not to say that other fanfic cannot. Um, it just gives us a lot of uh, ways to explore, you know, ourselves um, or someone like us within the within the Star Wars universe. And also, you know, sometimes he he's a he's just a very sexy man. I don't know. There's nothing else to say. Like I never read ex-reader fan fiction before i thought that shit was stupid i thought it was wattpad whatever and it got me i think that that is my my thing is that you know din ex-reader it can get even the most skeptical bitch out there it really can if it's written correctly um and um i see the rest of my time to the floor thank you much very much for having me and thank you for being here it's always nice to hear your opinion with that the final results are in in the last place, a valiant effort, we have Reader slash Din. In third place, another valiant effort, we have Din slash Cobb. In second place, very close. These two were tied for a little while, but the one in first pulled ahead. In second place, we have Boba slash Din. <laughs> Shut the fuck up! In first place, the winner of the inaugural episode of RuPaul's Romance Smackdown and definitive best pairing for Din Djarin is Ayn. <laughs> Din Djarin and Axe Dicks Nation, let's make some noise. Mel, do you, Mel point, do you, point of order. The the chair and <laughs> the chair and the representative from Ayn are in a romantic relationship. Is <laughs> there corruption? No, I would I be happy it. to I would be happy to su- I would be happy to support anyone with the voting record if um, need be. I'm I'm just saying I voted for Axe Wolves for almost every single one of these. <laughs> so I know. I, I voted for Mel a lot of the time. I, I know we're supposed to be like, oh, it's anonymous, but let me come out as a supporter, no, as a proud supporter, it. as a proud supporter and member of Dick's Nation. I would like to say yeah, me and that kept typing dicks nation in the yeah did you did you think that when i kept typing dicks nation makes the noise in the chat that it was for last no i meant that seriously it's my I, feel next like I, just, I feel like i just won the circle mel like mel, <laughs> mel do you have anything that you would like to say anything you would like to say on behalf of dicks or ain nation yes i would um here let me just uh okay um what would i like to say about ain and I'd give up forever to touch you, because I know that you feel me somehow. You're the closest to heaven that I'll ever be, and I don't want to go home right now. I fucking hate it. <laughs> I, would like to make, I would like to make it known that when I was like, what do I say? I said, if you read from Iris again, I swear to God, and then literal seconds later, here's what we got. Well, <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you all wow. so much for playing. This was an absolute joy. Thank you to our wonderful listeners for joining us for RuPaul's Romance Smackdown. If you enjoyed, 
let us know so we can bring you more episodes like this. So keep an eye out, you know, if you liked it. And stay tuned. Because we're going to have regular segments now. With our inaugural game show episode out of the way, which, by the way, Ollie, thank you for putting so much effort into that. That was really fun. I had a great Aww, time doing that. Gee. <laughs> um, it is time for everyone's favorite segment, Name That Ship. The premise is simple. One of our hosts brings forth a fan fiction, and the other hosts have to guess the main pairing that is in that fan fiction. And as always, we're doing this from a place of love for the medium. We all love fan fiction on this show. I mean, clearly, because Claudia just spent the entire episode arguing that Slash Reader was Din's best romance. Um, so please don't go and like seek out or harass these creators. This is all in good fun. Um, with that said, I have a short one for you guys today. I was just sort of going through tags and I found something that is really important to me. So, so this is just one ship. It's just character A and character B. The other characters are, well, actually, I can't list those because it will give it away near immediately. So it's just character A slash character B. The other tags are Hanukkah, gift giving, Jewish character, Jewish character A, alternate universe modern setting, cowboys and cowgirls, soft character A, soft character B, love, true love, lighting the menorah, parentheses, Abrahamic religions, and they love each other so much. That's all I'll give you. Is this two men? It is two men. Love. Is this Din Cobb? It is Din Cobb. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I saw this and I was like, and also it's it's Jewish Din Djarin, which if you don't know, is something that I've been pushing on Twitter for months now. <laughs> and this fic was written like relatively not super long ago, which means that um, my influence is growing. I have successfully created do- Jewish Din Djarin as like something in the cultural context um yeah it's really 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 wonderful the premise of this fic by the way that also is like that's i read the entire thing and i was like this is amazing is just that Cobb vanth makes dinjarin a menorah and gives it to him as a present and Aww. it was really wonderful and i felt the need to sort of uh share with the that's group so today powerful. so that's my fic. i love that i love that so much i love i love when we find a good fan fiction that we can bring to the show. It's always so exciting. Um, do you yeah. want to share the, the title? So in case um, anyone is interested. It's just called Wherever You Are. That means it's my turn. Are you all ready? This is a fan fiction called Stuck in the Middle. The relationships are character A slash character B slash character C. Character A slash character B. Character B slash character C. Character A slash character C. The additional tags are handcuffs bad bdsm etiquette trapped tumblr prompt rating to be saved this is mostly just soft polyamory character a's questionable sense of humor implied sub character c implied dom character b this is about sex but doesn't include sex wait (laughs) this is about sex but doesn't include sex yes i think i know this fan fiction (gasps) All right, okay. prequel prequel era, Rebels era, original trilogy era characters. There are there are characters from the original trilogy in this. But is it mo- so Okay, wait, I have a question about the this okay, are all of the characters men or are we getting a mixed bag? They are all men. Oh wow. Okay. Um and some of those men are from the original trilogy? Yes. Is one of them Luke Skywalker? Yes. Okay. 
Is one of them Han Solo? Yes. Okay, we've got we've got two, and the others are also men. the The last one is a man. Okay, is and it? and this man is also from the original trilogy, or no? I did not say that. <gasps> is it Dinjarin? Yes, it is Dinjarin. <gasps> okay. Oh my god. <laughs> um. So this is a fan fiction about. Let me read you the summary. It had been a long week of diplomacy. Diplomacy. <laughs> it had been a long week of d- diplomacy for Din on Mandalore, stuck in a stuffy boardroom with Bo-Katan and other people much more politically minded than himself. He was excited to see his little family again after missing them every day he was away. Still, he was surprised to find Luke immediately after going into their house, naked, left hand stuffed inside the st- kitchen sink. So I think the premise of this fan fiction is Luke had some like handcuffs on and he walked into the kitchen and he got one of the handcuffs like stuck in the the sink no i okay i've read this bit oh my god (laughs) i I have have to remember it because people were passing it around being like this is kind of funny so this is where i out myself um i am a dinjarin multi-shipper i think he the argument for him with pretty much any character is great i've read really good din luke fan fiction i've read really good boba din i've read really good um din Cobb. Um, what about ain oh well of course our writing Um, so in my era of, uh, looking at like Din Luke stuff, some people sent this one to me and that they were like, this is just so funny. And basically, I don't know if like him and Han were like, like, I don't know if they were like fooling around or something. And like one of them, I forget if this is the one where like one of them gets stuck. Like, like, yeah, he gets like his hands. Does Luke get, does does Luke get like Gerald's gamed? Is Luke like a a hostel somewhere? (laughs) I feel like I feel like it's like I want to say he like dropped the key to the like the handcuffs or something like down the drain That's, by accident. That, okay, yeah, it was like it was like a, a comedy of errors, but I can't remember. I might be mixing it up with another. Damn, <laughs> like, truly, I he, this it's it's a real issue. It's a no, real problem. Imagine, imagine being Han Solo and being like, he he he. Uh, no, that's literally what happens girl. in the pic. He's like, oh no, <laughs> girl, what do I do? <laughs> Luke Skywalker, you need to fix this right now. And no, then Dan shows up and is like, girl, what are we doing? I, I do believe that is what the fic is about, but I'm not sure. So well, sorry to out myself. Well, you know what I say about that? And all I can taste in this is this moment, and all I can breathe is no. your life. And super oh. it's over. And I just don't want to miss you tonight. Oh my god. Oh. No, you guys think you guys think this is bad. This is basically the only way Mel communicates with me outside of the podcast. So I'll be is, like is just by the lyrics of Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls. Yeah. Yes. I'll be like, what do you want for dinner? And they'll start saying like and I'd give up forever to talk. <laughs> and you're like, okay, so where does that leave us? <laughs> that was a very different kind of episode. Thank you so much for joining us and for sticking with us. As I said earlier, if you liked it, let us know. Maybe we'll do something similar in the future. Another thing, as we mentioned on our social media, we're not covering The Bad Batch Season 2. So again, we're going to have an episode every two weeks until Mandalorian Season 3 comes out. If you want to know our reasoning behind it, you can read our statement about Unwhitewash the Bad Batch. It is linked in our show notes. If you miss us between episodes, you can subscribe to our host's other podcasts. Jess has a higher public tabletop game, uh, an RPG called For Light and Dice. 
Claudia and I have a supernatural podcast where we force ourselves to rewatch it so you don't have to, the Mystery Spotcast. And Noah has a podcast with friend of the podcast, Sage, Cowboys and Slaybots, where they talk about the latest in pop culture. And always, for updates, Star Wars news, our ongoing reactions to the higher public phase two, and more cursed shit, follow us on social media. We're at RuPalps Podrace on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Tumblr. If you want to ask us a question, send it to our TikTok Q&A, Tumblr Askbox, or you can email us at rupelpspodrace at gmail.com. If you really love the show, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Spotify, Overcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Tell a friend who might be interested. It really helps, helps us get out there. And with that, may the force be with you. And don't prif it up. Waka waka. Waka waka. Aim sweet, motherfucker. Dick Station, <laughs> let's go. Dick Station, make some noise. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.